Keep your eyes on Jesus 
who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there. The place of honor. Right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. In this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through. All that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves. As we listen to our forefathers and ladies in the faith, folks like Enoch that are shouting from the stands, get on with it. Or Abraham saying, strip down, start running. Or Moses, never quit. As we're listening to them encouraging us as we run the leg of the, this race that we're in, we want to keep our eyes on Jesus. The reason we want to keep our eyes on Jesus is, first of all, He began the race that we're running. And He finished. So He is the forerunner. He's the trailblazer. So if we'll keep our eyes on Him, it means that we're going to stay in the race and that we're actually going to finish it. And there's encouragement from this passage that we need to study how Jesus did it. The way you study how Jesus did it is we need to read the Bible. And in particular, it's like last week. We need to read a gospel account. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read with this question in mind. Jesus... How did you start and how did you finish this race of life? Jesus, I want to study how you did it because I want to follow down the path that you went down. Do not, do not say and do not listen to anybody that says Jesus is different than you because Jesus became like us in every way. We couldn't run the race like Him, if He didn't become like us, if He remained God and didn't become a man, then yeah, it would be impossible. But the whole story that we know about is the story of the incarnation. God became a man to show us how to live. Now, the the way that Jesus demonstrated the kingdom in the powerful ways that He did was because He was a person like you and me Filled with the Holy Spirit. So the fullness of the Holy Spirit is what empowered Him to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to calm storms, to provide for the thousands. He was submitted to the rule and the reign of His Father. He spent time listening to His dad. He did what His dad told Him to do. And you and I can do the same thing. So we can learn to follow Jesus in this race. Please, don't think that Jesus is so removed from who you are right now that you can't learn from the Gospels. Again, the little hint that I give you, read Mark. It's the shortest, 
You'll make pace through it quicker than any other. And then it might give you a taste for reading a longer gospel. But start there. Study how Jesus began and finished the race. He put up with everything along the way. And I think it would be fair to say that Jesus put up with a lot of crap. And most of that crap came from religious people. People that were were so religious, they were so locked into their religious system that when God showed up, they didn't even recognize the fulfillment of prophecy. They wanted their system. And again, please don't make the mistake in thinking that you and I, because we are Christians, can't make the same mistake. The spirit of Phariseeism, the spirit of the Sadducees, the spirit of religion is still alive and well on planet Earth. It's one of the primary strategies of the evil one to get people's focus off of Jesus is to substitute religion for Jesus. Even Christianity can be twisted and perverted. And we can miss the point. Jesus put up with everything along the way, most of the stuff coming from the religious, but also the frustrations of introducing himself to people like you and me, his disciples, and the disciples not get it. I mean, the times I said, oh, goodness. Do we have to go over this again? (laughs) Will you ever get it? Well, in my experience, I've noticed that I cause the same frustration for you and you cause the same frustration for me. You know, there are times that we just don't get it. And it's like we go, oh, my goodness. How do we not get it? Well, We're incomplete. So he put up with that along the way. And he did it by never losing sight of where he was headed. He knew the end. He knew where he was going. And that's why it's worth us watching him because he made it to the end. We need to see where he ended up. And he ended up with this exhilarating finish. And I love the statement, in and with God. He finished In God, he finished with God. To me, what that communicates is God really wants us to finish well. And just as he helped Jesus get through the shame, get through the cross, get through the persecution from the religious, get through the frustrations of trying to develop disciples to follow him, that God was helping him, encouraging him, making sure he'd get it to the finish line. I believe God wants to do the same thing for all of us, that we would finish in and with God in the same place that Jesus finished. Wow! And now He's there. Oh, how lovely. The glory of our King. That Jesus right now is in the place of honor. That Jesus right now is right alongside God Almighty. So that when we pray our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ on the right side of the Father, Jesus is as dignified in a place of honor as God Almighty. He finished the race. So when we 
find ourselves flagging in our faith. It's when, it is not if. Together, as a community, there will be times of weakness. There will be times of fatigue. There will be times that our faith is drooping. Corporately and individually, when we have seasons of weakness and fatigue, what are we going to do? So I look back on my life. I lived for a season of my life following Jesus with unforgiveness and emotional brokenness. I was raised in a dysfunctional family. And here's something that's really scary. I had a radical conversion. I mean, I still remember the day at 17 through the ministry of Young Life. Thank God for Young Life. I'm in the living room of the Reduses during summer. I'd snuck out of my job. They didn't know I was gone. I was in disobedience. To, I mean, remember, God saves those that are disobedient. So I'm doing wrong, but Jesus is pounding. You remember that, you know, Jesus knocking at your heart? Well, he didn't just knock. I mean, he was pounding at my heart. When Tom, our young life leader, says, anybody want to follow Jesus? And then he took everybody through the prayer, and I'm still pounding. And he's about to say, well, okay, we're over. And I stand up and say, I want to follow Jesus. I mean, it's after the prayer. I did everything wrong, but I wanted to follow Jesus. And then early on in following Jesus, I, I, I heard him invite me to serve him. I want, I want you to serve me in ministry for all your life. And it was, that was a very emotional thing. And then we went through training. We tried training through Young Life. And then we checked out of that and did training through a seminary for four years. And then that wasn't enough, so I signed up for a doctoral program and started that in the fifth year. And through all of that... This unforgiveness and emotional brokenness was never dealt with. So I can tell you that I was flagging in my faith even though by that time I graduated with honors and was in a doctoral program. But I was tired because of unforgiveness, because of a broken heart that had never been addressed. I thought of another season in my life when, when there were just these habitual sins that just kept coming back. And, and truthfully, as much as I would say to you, I don't want to do that, I did want to do that. And I was really resisting transformation. I was really resisting the Holy Spirit changing me from the inside out to become somebody different. And I was afraid of that. It was tied in with my brokenness. And I got tired. And then I thought about that season of my life when, when I depended way too much on what I knew about God. I had a lot of knowledge about God. And I could tell you about God in Hebrew and I could tell you about God in Greek. But it was all in my head. And I was doing ministry. And I wasn't relying upon the Holy Spirit. I was relying upon my education. I was relying upon what I knew about life and ministry from what I'd learned through young life. I got, I got tired. I wanted to quit. 
life and ministry just wasn't working. So I'm sorry, but there's times that my faith has not been strong. And I don't think that that's over. I still go through seasons of fatigue and seasons of weakness. So do you. And we're not going to pretend about that. Because this, this is saying when we find ourselves tired, weak, fatigued, drooping, flagging in our faith, we need a shot of adrenaline in our souls. Do you know when they administer adrenaline? If you go into cardiac arrest, they're going to give you a shot of adrenaline to revive you, to bring you back to life. Well, what is that shot of adrenaline for us? Number one, it's go over that story again. What story? The story of Jesus. Go over that part of the story, the story of Jesus, when he was giving his life for ours. Go over that story again. Go over that long litany of hostility he plowed through. To be spit on. To be rejected. To be mocked. To be kicked. Be whipped undeservingly. He did not deserve any strike that he took. He did not deserve the abuse. He did not deserve the rejection. He did not deserve being hung on a cross. Go over that story again. You want to revive from being weak and droopy and fatigued? Remember what Jesus has done for us. Others, likewise, have suffered far worse than us in this all-out match against sin. All that bloodshed, the bloodshed of the cross, the persecution of followers of Jesus through the centuries. I haven't suffered like that. Most of us in this room have never suffered like that. I look back at my pitiful sufferings. They're real, but... In comparison, oh my goodness, come on. We have it so good. The history of mankind is full of suffering. For many of us, we may not know that today in the Middle East is Nakba. Anybody know what Nakba is? It's the day of catastrophe for the Arab world. May 14th is Independence Day for the modern state of Israel. May 15th is Nakba, the day of catastrophe. In the Arab narrative, and there's two narratives that go on in the Middle East. If you get involved there, you're going to find out they have a story and they have the story, and it is not the same story. The story of the Holocaust is a horrendous story. It is suffering, a people who suffered, an evil that broke out on the earth. We don't want to forget that, but we also want to forgive because we're Christians. The Nakba is that 700,000 Palestinian families were displaced, that 400 Palestinian 
villages were destroyed and buried as if no one was there. So there are people that remember today that they lost their family farm. They, they lost their olive orchard that had been in their family for a thousand years. Some of those people are followers of Jesus, our friends that we've known and grown to love through the years. Well, they've suffered in a huge way in this all-out match against sin. The Jew has suffered. The Palestinians suffered. We haven't suffered like that. I mean, never. So we don't need to feel sorry about ourselves, do we? I mean, really, do we? So let's not feel sorry for ourselves when we're tired and we're weak and we're drooping. Let's remember that others around this globe are suffering and have suffered far more than most of us will ever suffer in our lives. And let's remember that Jesus, I mean, he ultimately suffered the most of any human being on the earth. No one has ever felt the weight of our sin upon their shoulders other than Jesus. My God, my God, why have you set that in darkness and sin? We need a shot of adrenaline to get us back to running again. Here's some suggestions for this week. I'd like to suggest that we combine physical and spiritual together. When I was in Phoenix at our national conference in the mornings, rather than than reading the Bible, which I typically do in the morning, I went for a walk. And Jeremy asked, you know, very innocently, you know, what did you read this morning? I said, I read the flowers and I read the breeze, and I read the trees. and You know, to go out and exercise in the morning in relationship with God is as valuable as reading the Bible. We need both. So I want to see this combination. This passage really speaks of combining our physical and our spiritual. We're holistic people. So, all kidding aside, sometime this week, exercise to the point of exhaustion. And when was the last time any of us, I mean, we were really panting. I mean, we were really sweating. I mean, like, we were, we've really drained ourselves. I know some of you are marathon or half marathon runners. You know what I'm talking about. Well, at that point of exhaustion, study how Jesus did it. I mean, when you're dripping wet, pull out your Bible and start reading the story. And review that long litany of hostility toward Jesus. That'll shoot adrenaline into your soul. Because he was at that point of physical, emotional, spiritual breaking. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Then another, just another way, I think this would be fun for us to try. You know, exercise to the point of exhaustion. And I do want to use some wisdom here because I'm probably liable if you go out and have a heart attack and have a shot of adrenaline. Somebody's going to say, well, that, you know, this guy on Sunday morning told me to do this. So, uh, you know, don't do a P90X or whatever. 
If you haven't done that yet, you, know, you probably don't want to start there. You don't want to start a marathon if you haven't been training. But in using some wisdom with a small group of friends like, you know, your community group, those friends you meet with, exercise to the point of exhaustion together. I mean, think of something that you could do together that everybody gets physically tired doing. Some of you say, well, I just get tired when I'm sitting. <laughs> Well, think of something a little bit more active. <laughs> and then as you're doing that together, when you notice that somebody is flagging behind, rally around that person so that everybody in the group finish whatever you're doing, whatever time limit, whatever distance, however you're measuring this point of exhaustion. You're going to make sure everybody gets across the finish line together. Because that illustrates what we're doing together in faith. You're not alone. You're not alone. We're never alone. We're in this together. And then once everybody makes it over the finish line, recover with a healthy, I'm emphasizing healthy, Kentucky Fried Chicken is not a healthy, that's not a healthy meal. It might taste really good, I'm sorry. (laughs) But it can be abundant. Healthy, abundant feast together. Because again, that is a picture of the kingdom. We are moving towards this finale, keeping our eyes on Jesus who's run the race before us. And at the end, there's this place of honor and there's this big feasting table. And we're going to gather around that. We just got to get there. We got to get each other there. And we want to bring the people around us that we're trying to... We want to bring lots of people to the table, because there's, there's always room for more at that table. We want to run this leg of the race well. We want to encourage each other to run together, to help each other. We want to invite others to come along with us. My friends, there is nothing better than this race we are running in. We need a shot of adrenaline. Let's get going. Would you like to stand with me? We want to keep our eyes on Jesus. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart. We want to see you, Jesus, high and lifted up. Open the eyes of our heart, Holy Spirit. We want to see Jesus in the place of honor. And in seeing Jesus in the place of honor, we want to backtrack and we want to see Him in this life. We want to to see Him begin and finish this race that we're all in together, this race of life. We want to see you, Jesus.
As we look to see you, we want to hear the voices of our forefathers in the faith cheering us on. Lord, let us experience hearing this crowd of witnesses. Encourage us, get on with it. Strip down, start running. Never quit, don't give up. Let us see you, Jesus, in front of us. Let us see each other, Lord, as a brother, as a sister, as a potential brother, a potential sister, people that we're living life together with, people that we're running race with, people that we're not competing against, people that are coming together, cooperating, collaborating. We want to get there together. Lord, let us see Let us seize this opportunity, Lord. This is our leg to run. May we run it well. Empower us, Holy Spirit. To travel through shame. To bear our cross. To travel through suffering, brokenness. To continue to be transformed to go through disappointments, but to stay together, to work together, to finish together. Lord, when we are weak, strengthen us. This morning, Holy Spirit, we ask that in our weakness, that the power of Christ Jesus would come upon us to strengthen us. So, Lord, open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear. And, Holy Spirit, strengthen us in our weakness. For your sake, in Jesus' name.